Good to see you all today. Amen. Turn with me in your copy of the scripture to the Luke of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18. Whew, let's not start that way. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 18. Uh, before you turn, we'd like to uh, pause here for just a moment and have prayer. Um, uh, many of you are aware that Cameron is uh, leaving to go to Taiwan. He leaves this Thursday. Um, he, I tried to get him to get an earlier uh, flight, 7.30 a.m., just didn't seem to be quite early enough. <laughs> I mean, after all, we've got to leave the house at 2.30. I don't know. I just keep me up all night. Um, but uh, we want to pray over him. Uh, he's going to be, the Lord has called him to give six months of his life to, uh, to minister and, and with the missionaries Ty and Sina Silva in Taiwan. And, and uh, like I said, he leaves this Thursday. And so, Karen, would you come? We just want to, as a church, because uh, this is, obviously this is home for him. Um, he's spent... Since the fourth grade, he's been here, and so uh, this is home church for him, and, and we want to we send him off with prayer, amen? And so let's, uh, let's do that today. If you stretch your hands this way, Father, I thank you. God, I'm so humbled today to pray over my son as he goes to do the work that you've called him to do. God, I pray you protect him. I pray you keep your hand upon him. God, I know that you have a plan, that you're going to use him in great ways. And so, God, most importantly, I pray the anointing of God to rest upon him, that people see Jesus in him, that people know, God, come to know you through his ministry. And, God, that uh, as he spends this six months there, God, that not only will it be a time when he's away from us, but it will be a time when he is so um, in tune with you. And so, God, I just ask, God, that we, as we did from the time he was born, we give him into your hands. And, God, we ask that you would just use him for your glory and for your honor. And we thank you for that. Bring him home to us safe, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you, bud. Amen. My wife and I have just been saying, he's just going back to school. That's all he's doing, he's just going back to school. Amen. Today I want to talk about this, this subject. The, the subject material today is called the big picture. The big picture. You know, you're talking about that young versus old. The problem is, is I'm almost to the place where I'm not sure exactly which age I fall to. Um, uh, yeah. I'm not sure if there's clearly defined lines there. <laughs> Or what, if we just kind of fall right in the middle and whoever has the least amount of people, that's which way we go. Um, I kind of feel used that way. But uh, anyway, you know, one thing that I will say about growing older is the ability to understand how awesome and wonderful God's work is in our life. That I gain perspective as I age and I start to look back at the hand of God and how he's moved in my life. Um, you know, there are some things in your past that probably per perplex you. There's some things in your past you probably look back and you're like, wow, why did I have to go through that? 
And maybe some of those things don't make sense, but some of those things are sometimes what God uses in the overall picture to give you everything that He wants you to see for your life. And as, as we do unfold this, I, I want us to understand this concept as well as we're talking about this ministry op, uh, thought process today, is the fact that God very rarely gives you the whole picture. God very rarely will give you everything to where you just kind of walk through it. Uh, this last week, I'm going to reference this a couple times during the message. This last week, my family and I had the privilege of going to Niagara Falls. And on one day, we were on the American side. And on the American side, I could see rocks and casinos and water just kind of falling down this way. But I didn't really see the whole picture. I just got a little bit of a glimpse of it. So we got down, and we went down a little lower, and we got on the Maid of the Mist. That's a fun ride. Because you're sitting there trying to look at the falls, and water is just in your face. Right? And thank the Lord, Cameron had a waterproof camera, and he recorded the whole thing while we're all sitting there. So we actually have an idea of what it looks like. So there are times I'm not, you know, it's funny how God uses experiences like this to speak. You know, this was a, a message that I was, had stirring in my heart, and, and God was working the basis on, then he kind of completed it over the week, and, and that was really cool. Because you see, even though um, we were on this ride, and I could see Niagara Falls was beautiful, and, and that side, but when we got into the other part, you really couldn't see much because of the mist. But we took one more step, and it opened up a little bit more. The next morning, we got up and went to the Canadian side and looked at Niagara Falls. And that's when the whole picture came into being, when you see it all. Now, I, I, I kind of want to relate that a little bit with life and the fact that very rarely does God start with giving you the whole picture. Very rarely has it been my, my experience and my walk with the Lord that the things that He wants to speak into my life, the things that He wants me to do, the things He wants me to go, His plan for my life, His big picture, very rarely have I ever been able to see, I don't believe at all, the entirety of the whole thing. In fact, I am before you today, I've been a Christian now longer than I've not been a Christian. I've been um, a believer for, I had to do the math, like 32 years of my life I've been a believer. I've been in ministry for the last, I didn't plan all this out before, thought process, math, I didn't do math before. Math is hard, <laughs> especially when you're in front of people. Um, I've been in ministry now for the last 20-something years, let's go there, and, and, and the thought process is I'm here standing before you today, and, and I really don't know the entirety of the big picture of what God has for me in the next 5, 10, 20 years. Why? Because he hasn't revealed that big picture to me. But there are things that God has revealed that I want us to talk about today. There are things that I think we ignore and things that we just kind of go through the stages of life and, and not really pay attention to that God wants to speak to our heart Today, So the disciples find themselves in one of those kind of situations where Jesus is telling them what's going to take place, but they're just like, what? I don't get it. That's what we find in our text. Luke chapter 18, verse 31. Jesus took the twelve aside and told them 
We're going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be delivered over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, and spit on him. They will flog him and kill him. On the third day, he will rise again. The disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them, and they did not know what he was talking about. Father, today I ask for clarity as the word that I feel like you've given my heart for today. God, I pray that you would deliver it clearly. God, let the Holy Spirit speak to lives and hearts today. I believe, as, as we heard earlier, that you are coming soon. And God, that we need to get our house and our life in order with you. And, and God, today, I just ask, let the Holy Spirit speak to us, Lord, as we go through this, this uh, time together this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, one thing I notice about this is, is Jesus is preparing his disciples. He doesn't want them to have any surprises. He doesn't want them to have any surprises. Did you know that the paths that you walk in life do not catch God by surprise? That thing that you've been dealing with, that, that situation at work, that, man, you just think this person, man, they're treating me terrible. I don't know what's going on. And, and it has really kept you up at night. Can I tell you that that situation didn't take God by surprise? When you went to the doctor and he gave you that report that, man, you've, you've got... Um, you've got a heart condition or you have cancer or you have some disease. Did you know that even in that, how bad that is, that did not take God by surprise. He knew what was going to take place even before you woke up that day and walked in there. He had the idea that he knew what was going to happen. Jesus not only knew what was coming for these disciples, he determined to follow the path that the Father had sent for him. And can I tell you, when you follow the path that God sets before you, that will not always lead you to a comfortable life. In fact, for Jesus, it was going to be this horrible, terrible death. I read this this week. It says, how we handle horrible situations will depend on how well we trust God with the paths that we allows us to take. I'm going to say that again. How we handle horrible situations will depend on how well we trust God with the paths that He allows us to take. How many of you know there's tough times in life? Five of you. Okay, the rest of you, um, <laughs> we need to hang out some more. Um, <laughs> there are tough times in life, and sometimes those tough times are not always a result of sin in us. Sometimes it's, and, and it's not a result of God being angry with us and punishing us. But sometimes the path of life, is it just happens because of the fallen condition of the world that we live in. Sometimes terrible things just happen. The disciples had they fixed their theology in their mind of what walking with God would look like and how the kingdom of God would come. <laughs> but unfortunately, it was a bad theology. The consequences of bad theology is that we lose sight of a loving God that will always be with us. And I'd say that's why it's critical to know your Bible. 
Because when you know your Bible, you will know your God. So during times of stress and of storms, you can do what we've talked about a couple weeks ago, and you can fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Jesus was about to share with his disciples what was coming. He was, he was telling them, he knew that after he said, even, he knew that even after he shared this, they weren't going to get it. <laughs> they weren't going to get it, at least not in the moment. But Jesus pulls them aside and he says, listen, we're going to go up to Jerusalem. Now, their theology was this, we're going to go up to Jerusalem and he's going to take over. Because that was the mindset of the Messiah with the disciples. We're going to go up to Jerusalem and it's about to happen. Hey, anticipation, man. I've been, I've been wasting away. I've been following this guy for, for three years now. And, and man, I am, I'm, this is about to happen. I'm about to be rewarded for my faithfulness. I'm about to be rewarded because he's going to go up to Jerusalem. He's going to set up his kingdom. And everything's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. And we're just going to go in that. But that wasn't what Jesus tells them. He comes up and says, listen, we're going to go up to Jerusalem. And everything that is written about by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. That's what the Scripture says. And so these guys are still like, oh, yes. Keep talking. That's great. And then he says, he will be delivered over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, and spit on him. They will flog him and kill him. And on the third day, he will rise again. They're scratching their heads. Let's get back to that Jerusalem part. Let's go back there a little bit. Let's, Let's go back to what that looks like. That, that's because, you see, the other part doesn't mesh with what I'm thinking. But Jesus puts it out there because he wants it to be plain for them. He's starting to paint the picture. And he tells them exactly what's going to take place. You know, had they grasped this, they probably would not have been quite so fearful or, and distressed. They probably would have stuck in there, at least for the, the part of that, when that was taking place. The scriptures are the most accurate writings the world has ever received. And if you want to stay in peace with God, no matter what's going on the outside, you've got to be a student of God's word. No matter what, you've got to be a student of God's word. God's word is like our GPS. It's like our GPS. You know, there's an Old Testament passage that talks about God's GPS. We talked about it in youth on Tuesday night. It's in Exodus chapter 40. It's really kind of a cool passage. It talks about this at verse 34. I'm going to read it to you. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. In all the travels of the Israelites, when the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day, and fire was in the cloud by night in sight of all the Israelites during all their travels. So trying to give you a little bit of a hint that the Israelites are taking off and they're going to a place they've never been before. Most, matter of fact, all of these Egyptians, um, all of these Israelites had never left Egypt except Moses. 
All of them had never even gotten out of Egypt. And so here they are. They're at the, in the, on the other side of the Red Sea now. And, and man, things are they're moving toward the promised land. And, and they have no idea or concept about where they're going. It's kind of like folks that have never left Guernsey County. When they hit I-70 and they get past Zanesville, it's like, oh, this is, wow. They see big skyscrapers in Columbus and... Whew. What is this? I've seen this in pictures, but where have I seen it before? And, and those are the folk, this is what that would have been like. They never left Egypt. That's all they ever knew. But God led them. The Bible says that He led them by a cloud by day and fire by night. And so when God would say, we're going to stay here, the cloud would settle on the camp at the tabernacle and they would stay. But as soon as the cloud lifted, then they would move out. Didn't have the big picture, just knew that God had called them to a land of promise, just knew that God had given them this land for their ancestors, but didn't know all the struggles, didn't know all the stuff, didn't know everything that they were going to have to do to possess the land. They just knew that God had given them, and to be honest, they didn't even know where to go to get it. So they needed God to guide them with God's GPS. I find myself needing God's GPS in my life. Because as God begins to guide me, yeah, I don't see the whole picture, but I can paint a portion of it. And even though as I'm painting a portion of this picture, the whole thing isn't in view yet, but there's a little more and a little more as he guides me along the path. I love GPS. I love my GPS. As I said earlier, we went to a trip to Canada this week. Um, GPS is awesome. My GPS worked in Canada. Praise Jesus. But even though my GPS worked, there were times when we had to try to figure out what we were going on our own because Sheila got confused. That's the name of my GPS, Sheila. And so if you've ever driven in Canada... (laughs) It is bumper to bumper, wall to wall, and we're driving and, and we're, we're heading downtown. We're going to a Toronto Blue Jays baseball game. We're going to walk around the city a little bit. We got there what we thought was early. Game started at 7. We pulled into town, what, about 3, 3.30, something like that. We pulled in what we thought was early, and we're driving into town, and all of a sudden we realized, Sheila says, take York Street and Bay Street exit. And then there's a sign on the road blinking, York Street, Bay Street exit closed. Uh Uh-oh. Sheila don't know that that's closed. So we pull off on the exit before, and all of a sudden, you know, you get the recalculating. It's like, you idiot, where are you going? Right? That's my interpretation of that, by the way. You idiot, where are you going? That's not the way I told you to go. And so we're driving down this, this road, and, and all of a sudden, she says, drive the highlighted route. You know, and, and you know, maybe it's just me, but I think whenever she says recalculating and then she says that, it's like it's more stern. You know? <laughs> drive the highlighted route. <laughs> Don't deter from where you're going. So you drive the highlighted route, and, and we're, we're going down there, and all of a sudden, you know, there's construction on roads, and roads are one way, and people are walking all over the place, and they don't care. 
that there's cars and cars are bigger. They just walk, man. The, the light turns green and whoop, they're gone. The light doesn't turn green and whoop, they're gone. You'd be sitting out there stopped in the middle of the road and whoop, they're running, walking. What in the world? And so we're trying to find signs. We're trying not to run over people. Sheila's telling me, recalculating, go the highlighted route. What are you doing? And I'm like sitting there and I'm like, and my kids, they're so funny. They make this comment, don't talk to dad right now. <laughs> don't talk to dad. I'm all right. Just leave me alone. <laughs> and we're driving around town in circles. And that is really frustrating for me. A, I'm in a new place. B, I've never been there. And Sheila is confused. Because I, is no exaggeration, at least three, maybe four times, she says, recalculating, recalculating, recalculating. We go to leave. We're leaving the parking garage and, and trying to head out. And we're just drive down the road. And we punched in the, the address back to the hotel. And, and we're sitting there. And she's just like searching. What do we do? Well, we're just going to drive on this road till Sheila finds out where we are. And we're just driving down the road. We get to about two blocks from where we got to turn, and Sheila goes, drive the highlighted route. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. GPS is awesome. I love GPS. But God has equipped us with GPS for our life. He's given us everything we have need of to follow Him and to do His will and to be obedient to Him and how to trust Him and how to have joy and how to have peace and how to have life. He's given us everything we have need of for that. But a lot of times we don't use our GPS. <laughs> and you end up like me in Toronto. You're frustrated. And you don't understand... This isn't working. God, I know this is where you've asked me to go. I figure this is what you want me to do. But this is just not working. I don't figure it out. I don't understand. And you sit there and, and it's just like, don't talk to him right now. Right? Because you're frustrated. You're mad. You're upset. But that's because you haven't followed the directions. God has equipped us with everything we need to navigate this life with peace and joy. And it comes through being in His presence. It comes through being obedient to His Word. Follow him, following Him no matter if you've been there or not. If you would look back at your past, perhaps it would help unfold some of the big picture, maybe even some little things. But chances are you will not see the entire picture. God doesn't do that. But too many Christians are, are worrying. They're fretting about what they're seeing in our society. They're, they're worried about what things are happening and, and how things are just, oh, it just looks terrible. Did you see on the news last week, they're wanting to put chips in people's hands. Did you know? I, I knew that from a long time ago. You know how? Because my GPS told me. You know what that causes me to do? Some people that causes you to worry in the fret, like, oh my goodness, oh, they're, they're, this is the end of days. Praise God. 
It makes me want to go out and look at the sky and think, ooh, it could be today. Got to have your GPS on. So many times we're, we're just totally wigged out about much of our culture and how much it changes and how much we see sin abounding. And as I read the Bible, it clearly states that the gates of hell will not destroy the church. It will not destroy God's word. It will not destroy the plan that God has painted for your life. It won't. So why do we worry? We need to follow God, determine in our heart that he has a plan. Follow his GPS. The remainder of the, the passage, reading in verse 32, Jesus is telling them what's going to happen. He tells them what's going to take place. Man, I'm going to be delivered over to the Gentiles. I'm going to be flogged. I'm going to be beaten, and I'm going to be killed. <laughs> that sounds like a terrible thing to say, doesn't it? That sounds like he's telling them this horrible news. None of that sounded good. And his disciples are simply, they didn't have anything in their mindset, anything in their theology that would say, ah, oh, I get that. They didn't. However, when the moment came and they were confused, they were frustrated, they were fearful, and what they do? They ran away from Jesus. And can I tell you folks, you'll likely do the same thing if you don't grasp that God has a plan for you. That he has a big picture for your life. You know, I, I think of how, you know, with people who don't have a faith in God, man, yeah, I can understand how you'd react that way. I can understand how you'd be fearful. It's, norm, it's not normal for God's people, though, to react in tragedy to the same way that the world does. So if we fail to grasp the overall picture of God's love for us, then we fail to live in faith. And we fail to live in peace. And we fail to live in joy. We go through life thinking, man, I've done this myself. Can I tell you that even as a Christian, I've done that? A little confession time. We've all done that. We look back and we think, man, look what I've accomplished. Look what I've done. But Jesus understands the big picture. He understands the big picture in this passage. And he tells his disciples, he says, listen, <laughs> you're going to fall away. Yeah, that's going to happen. I'm going to be delivered up. But on the third day. Notice he gives them hope. Jesus is not going to stay dead. Indeed, this whole tragic event is actually God's plan to bring salvation to the entire world. That God had a purpose in all of this, and Jesus, the Son of God, would not be defeated. The devil would lose because Jesus was going to follow through on God's plan. We're going to celebrate communion in just a moment. That is a wonderful thought process that Jesus decided to follow through on God's plan. That's good news. 
You know, he talks about these, he tells these guys, listen, I'm going to be delivered, I'm going to be mocked, I'm going to be insulted, I'm going to be spit upon, I'm going to be flogged, and they're going to kill me. But then he gives them the nugget of hope, the nugget of truth, the nugget that is the reason why you're sitting here today. He says, listen, but on the third day I will rise again. That is not about just the death, it's about the life. And in that life, we can trust God for. He has a GPS. He has an active part in us that says, I have come to give you life and to give you life more abundantly. And if you'll follow God's plan and follow God's picture, you'll begin to see that begin to unfold. And when you accept Christ into your life, it's my prayer that he begins to start that tapestry with you. He starts that canvas with you, and he starts to paint what he wants, and he's got a plan for your life. He's got purpose for you to do. But the most important thing that he wants is for you to come to him. As we come to this time this morning, I'm going to cut. I've got other stuff, but I'm, I feel like the Lord wants us to pause right here. We've heard word today from the Lord that says, listen, I'm coming soon. You need to make sure you're right. You need to make sure that your, your heart's right with me. You need to make sure that you're following my plan. And as I read my GPS, you know what it tells me? It tells me that he has something for me to do. It tells me that I'm supposed to live my life in such a way that people see Jesus in me. It tells me that I'm supposed to live a life in such a way that I'm supposed to preach the gospel with who I am. With what I do, with what I say, with how I act, how I react. GPS. And as I begin to do that, God's taken me on places, i got to tell you, that I would have never dreamed. I've had the privilege of, of being in places and, and doing things for the Lord that I would have never even thought of. And I don't say that to say, yay me. I just say that to say, listen, all I want to do in my life is follow God's plan. And wherever he takes me in that, I just want to be able to say yes. I looked up to people like Kristen and Cameron, people who are willing to give a year, six months of your life, because God said go. The GPS said go, and they went. I looked up to people who quit their job because God said, I want you to do this. So they quit and leave the entire livelihood and go do this. I've met people in my life who they had a job making six figures and gave it all up because God called them to preach. And they gave it all away and said, listen, I'm, I don't want that anymore. Why? Because that's what the world values. But God's trying to paint a better picture in my life. There are some in this room that I feel like God's trying to, he's been trying to get a hold of your attention. He's been trying to get a hold of you for a long time, and he's got a plan, and he's got something he wants you to do, but you've been so concerned with doing it your way. And what happens is the canvas sits there, and it's not been worked on. 
The canvas sits there and it looks the same as it did five years ago. The canvas sits there and, and you think, man, why doesn't God move in my life? Why doesn't things happen in my life? And can I just be honest? It's because you're not following the GPS. Today the challenge is this. Maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. You've heard a message today that says God has a plan for, for me. God has a plan of salvation for me. That was the whole reason Jesus had to die. That was the whole reason he went through all of that. That's the reason why he rose from the dead is because he has a plan. And the plan was salvation for all who would call on his name. And today you've not called on the name of Jesus because that's the only name given under heaven that which you must be saved. Perhaps you're here today and you're a Christian, but you aren't living your life the way that God has planned for you. You're consumed by you, consumed by the worldview, consumed by life in general, and you've not really used God to navigate this life. Now, in reality, we're going to have prayer here in just a moment. And probably you're sitting here today, and if you say, yeah, I'm a Christian, you probably wouldn't go back and realize that because all of us at some point think, oh, yes, 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 yes. I'm yes, yes, yes. I am following Jesus. We wear, we wear signs. We wear T-shirts. We, I have decided to follow Jesus. Absolutely. Man, that's me. Woo! Glory. We know all the words to say and all the stuff to do. But today I'm calling you to look at your canvas. I'm calling you to look at your canvas and see if you see the big picture that God has for you and see if it's been worked on in a while. See, I'm crazy enough to believe that if Jesus is coming soon, then he wants to start working on our pictures. Because he's got something for us to do. Would you bow your heads? Father, today I pray right now. Holy Spirit, would you move throughout this room? You're here this morning and you're not a Christian. You've not surrendered your life to God's GPS. But you'd like to today. You'd say, you know what? I, I want to give my heart to Jesus today. It's not a religion. We don't come to church and sing songs and worship and raise our hands and clap and sing because it's a religion. We do it because it's a relationship. It's a relationship that you can have with Jesus today. And basically what you're doing is you're coming to the Lord and what He is doing is He is wiping your slate clean. All the sin, all the stuff that you've done in your life, all the things you've done against God, He's wiping that slate clean. And then you're handing the paintbrush over to Him. And you're saying, God, You have control. I trust You with my life. I want relationship, God, with you. You're here today. You say, you know what, Pastor? I don't, I don't have that. I'm still holding the paintbrush. 
but you'd like to say, God, forgive me. I want to start that with you today. Would you slip up your hand where you're sitting right now? Is there anyone here this morning? Pastor, that's me. I'm not going to embarrass you. That's not the, the thought process of the day. Just give you opportunity, yes. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. The next part of this time, of this prayer time, is this. Maybe you're the Christian in the room that keeps grabbing the paintbrush from the Lord and doing your own thing. Not really following God's plan. You haven't been reading His Word. You've just kind of been doing it yourself. God's trying to speak to your life. He's trying to paint a picture for you, but... You won't, have, you won't relinquish control of the brush long enough for him to begin to even start that in you. And you want to say, God, I know, I, I love you, I do, I, gotta, I want that relationship with you, Lord, but my canvas hasn't been painted on in a while. My life hasn't been painted on in a while. I haven't seen the big picture. I'm, I'm not seeing more of what you want from me uh, because I'm living my life. And one of the most tragic things that, that I find in, in the body of Christ is when, when people who believe that they're Christians and call themselves Christians but live like the world. And when we do that, we just say, God, I, I, just, I know better, I know best. I'm going to do it how I want to do it. I'm going to follow the world's way and the world's view. And you'll find yourself eventually being lost because you didn't follow the GPS. Today, God is asking you, will you completely relinquish that brush? Will you give me your life completely because I've got a plan for you? If that's you today and the Holy Spirit's dealing with you, would you raise your hand right now? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I want us to stand today. Would you all across this sanctuary... Here's what I'd like for us to do. This morning, if you raised your hand and you really meant that with the Lord, I'm going to pray a prayer. Would you pray here? There's some folks that gave their hearts to the Lord. Would you turn? And if you've raised your hand today, as we pray this prayer, I want you to raise, slip your hands up to the Lord. And if you just, I give you permission to peek. The Bible says watch and pray. And if you see somebody around you with their hands up, I want you to go pray with them today. Is that cool? Father, today I, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you want control of our life. I thank you, Lord, that you want to be in control of us. And God, today I, I give you the reins of my life. If you've got your hands raised, would you just repeat this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, I follow your plan. Forgive me. Clean my slate. 
I love you, Lord. I give you the brush. I want to follow your way. Use me, God. Paint the picture for my life. Show me what you have for me that I would follow you. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I believe that. God wants to paint a picture in your life and he wants to use you. I want to ask if you would to be seated. We're going to confirm that today. We're going to kind of put the icing on this cake this morning. We're going to take communion together and we're going to celebrate God's plan. God's plan. That he would come that he would come and give his life for us. So brothers, would you come? This morning, you don't have to be a member of Bisville Assembly of God to partake of communion with us. You just have to have Jesus, a relationship with Christ. And so this morning, we're going to hold these elements together and we're going to take them together. And we're going to celebrate what God's plan, what God did for us, amen? We're going to celebrate what the price that was paid so that we could have life. Praise God. Father, we worship you, God, today.